Hey guys. Thank you. Let's get this way. You guys see the board all right? Yeah. Ben, clear view. Um, no. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> ben, you out of here, man? Yeah. All right. Love you, man. Right. Oh, you found out you were teaching. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, man. Please. <laughs> uh, what's up, guys? So I have the honor of teaching out of Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. Um, but as we were worshiping the Lord, um, God just reminded me of the funniest story I could ever remember. And I know it was the Lord. And so, um, before I tell you this story, sorry, I'm laughing at myself already. Um, before I tell you the story, we're talking about our freedom in Christ. And we're talking about our freedom to choose our master. Um, we're freed by the power of Christ, what he did for us. Um, but he freed us to choose our master and we're choosing. There's two options and the options are either sin or God. Um, you can't serve both. The Bible says very clearly, a man can't serve two masters. Um, that's like playing on two separate indoor soccer teams. It just doesn't happen. Um, <laughs> go Lambs. Go Hillside Lambs. So, guys, the story. Um, we're talking about freedom tonight. And we're worshiping the Lord. And Jamie was singing, you know... Uh, his mercy has brought us freedom, and um, that just hit home the point for tonight. God's mercy has brought us freedom, and um, the story is coming in a sec. I know you guys are excited, but um, guys, I think it's so cool the freedom that we have as a body of Christ. Like everybody in this room, I know you know personally and just on an awesome level, and there is such freedom in Christ to have just an awesome friendship. Like the transparency, um, Ben already left, but um, other Ben, um, Ben already left, and um, me and Ben just had like just in those few minutes we had to talk, we had like the most transparent conversation um, about just our well-being and everything, and it was awesome. And so, guys, never neglect or forget the freedom that we have in our friendships in Christ, mm-hmm. um, because I, you know. Some of you might know what a you know circular friendship might be like, or whatever, um, where there's like limitations and there's um, there's like judgment or worry or you know there's so many different things that come onto it. But being in Christ, <clears throat> we also have the freedom and friendship, and I think that's super that's awesome. Good. That's good. Um, but so to this story. So about a year ago, um, there is this event in Monmouth. <laughs> 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 the story so there's this event in monmouth called the love now campaign was that what it was called love um, now or carry the love carry the love and so it was a super sick event it's just bringing all these followers of christ believers and non-believers together and <laughs> i don't know if i'm gonna get through this Bringing us together to just worship the Lord and to hear an awesome message about Jesus and just the freedom in Jesus and all this stuff. And so there's this, it's like a cafeteria kind of, it's packed with probably like 200 people, 250 people. And this dude is preaching this sermon. This dude is preaching this sermon. And it was, it was powerful. Okay. People's hearts are being moved and you could just feel the spirit in the air. 
And he asked this question to the crowd. <laughs> he said, he said, who wants to be set free? Who wants to be set free? And he, you know, he's asking the crowd. I'm sorry. He says, who wants to be set free? And no one really responded. And he said, again, who wants to be set free? And no, no one really responded. And he said it again, who wants to be set free? And then Levi, he goes, I want to be set free! <laughs> oh, it was glorious. <laughs> it was one of the best moments. In my entire life, um, <laughs> he was like, he even called me out, he's like, you want to be set free? And Levi, I think he, Levi was just going to get the crowd into it. <laughs> the guy calls him out, he's like, you want to be set free? And Levi's like, yeah, I want to be set free. <laughs> uh, bro. Didn't people come to go pray for him too? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry, guys. No, but I swear, the Lord brought that in my heart so I could share that story with you guys and get this, get this night started off right. Oh, man. Amen. Oh. Uh. Did you get set free? Oh, I'm set. <laughs> and we all knew it was oh. nice for that, but. <laughs> Man. Alright, guys, so. <laughs> we'll get started now. <sighs> Everyone, just take a deep breath. Come on. <sighs> Alright, guys, so Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. I'm going to read them out loud real quick. You guys can follow along if you're there. Um, Romans chapter 6, verses 15 through 23. It says this. It says, What then are we to sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, to death or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? But thanks be to God, that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. I am speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness leading to sanctification. <coughs> For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. But what fruit were you getting at that time from the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves of God, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a powerful scripture. That is, it's like, 
being set free. Um, when you put your faith in Jesus, you're set free. What a powerful moment. And um, I think I know everyone in this room, what a powerful moment in our lives was it when we were set free from sin. And um, everybody had their own degree of sin, you know, from um, one thing to another. It could be totally separate, but you were freed from that power of sin. And um, what a glorious thing it is to be freed from sin. You were once a slave to sin, but now you are a slave to God. You are a child of God. And above all that, you're a friend of God. You're a friend of God, being set free. So a slave, what is it to be a slave? Who, what is a slave? A slave is one that completely, that is completely subservient to a dominating influence. One that is completely subservient to a dominating influence. Um, guys, he points it out very clearly. And he says, you're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to God. Because... When you try and serve two masters, um, naturally the evil or the good is fighting against each other and one of them is going to get purged out. Mm -hmm. One of them is going to get purged out. You cannot balance good and evil in your life. You just can't do it because one is going to get the upper edge and then it's going to start a downhill spiral. Or the other is going to get the upper edge and it's going to start an upward spiral into eternal life with God. You guys hear me on that? It's very clear. You cannot serve both. And there's some people in this world that think, I'm not serving sin, you know, and I'm not serving God either. I'm just serving myself. You know what? You're serving sin. Right. You're serving right. sin. Yeah. Um, you might say, you know, I'm not even a servant to sin. I'm not a servant to God. I'm not a servant to myself. I'm actually a pretty good guy, you know. Um, but what the world says is good is not always good. And you're still a slave to sin. Um and so, guys, um, I want to talk about what it looks like to be a slave um, to sin and how, how just just kind of put in a picture of what it looks like to be a slave to sin. And um, I was reading a lot of commentaries and some sermons on, um, on this topic and on this portion of Scripture. And it said um, you can look, um, you can go to the bars and you can find people that are slaves to sin. You can... Um, you can go back in the street alley and see people that are slaves to sin. You can, um, you can go into a pornography store and you see um, people that are a slave to sin. You, know, you can go to many, many places and simply see people that are slaves to sin. Straight up. It's an outward appearance. You can see it. Um, not that we're judging someone's heart, but you can see the fruits. Um, but then there's the other hand. And... I had papers up here. Did anybody move them? Did Jesus? No. Okay. Oh, how those get? Oh, Josh, are you serious? What, man? Wow, dude. Real mature, Josh. So there's the um. So there's the outward appearance where you can. How mature is that? Um. So there's the outward appearance that you can see. Um. Someone that's a slave to sin. But you can also, um, there's also a slave to sin that you can't always see. And, um, and I'm going to read this passage or this, um, this kind of commentary to put it in better words. And then we'll talk about it after it says, There are many slaves of evil whom you would not know to be such if you only saw the surface of their characters. They do not swear or steal or commit adultery or even break the Sabbath outwardly. On the contrary, they're the most moral in their conduct. They are the servants of sin, but they are secretly so, for fear of rebuke. 
They are non-professing sinners and yet sincerely in love with sin. They stood up and sung the hymns. So there's someone talking about it. They stood up and sung the hymns. Um, they bowed their heads in prayer for they are listening to the sermon now. And no one will know the difference between them and the servants of Christ by their exterior. But at heart, they reject the Son of God and refuse to believe in him. For they love the pleasures of sin and the wages of unrighteousness. I'm going to read one more um, excerpt. It says, um, Many keep their sin to themselves. Nobody hears of them in the street. They raise no public scandal, and yet at heart they are the faithful followers of wickedness and rebellion. Their idols are set up in secret chambers, but they are heartily, uh, they are heartily loved. Their desires and aspirations are all selfish, but they try to conceal this fact even from themselves. Um, they do not serve God. They will not bow before His Son, and yet they would shrink from avowing their rebellion. They are amiable, <clears throat> admirable, and excellent in their outward deportment, but they are indoor servants of Satan for all that. And their heart is full of enmity against God. Some of us confess that, and their heart is full of enmity against God. Oh, sorry. Some of us confess that it was so with us. When none found fault with us, we were nevertheless rotten in heart. We used to pray, but it was a mockery to God. We went up to the God, to God's house, but we, we regarded not his word. And yet in all this, we prided ourselves that we were righteous. Boom. That's heavy. That's heavy stuff. That's heavy stuff. And um, so I was reading, I was doing this study. And as I was reading this and um, going over this and printing this out, I was like, whoa, this was me uh, about three years ago, two years ago. I was like straight up. This was me. You ask people in the community. You ask um, people around me, families around me, friends, all this stuff. And you see this person on the outside who is um, so admirable on the outside and, uh, and so looked upon in a good way and doing all these great things and everything. But in my heart and in my spirit, man, it was rotten. It was rotten. And you know what happens when your heart is rotten on the inside? You're the only one that can smell it. You're the only one that can smell it. And it is a dangerous place to be. And it's a place that many people can be and many people are today. And maybe even some of you in here are at. Because I remember um, Matt used to invite me to Bible studies. And I'd go to these Bible studies. And I'd sit there and I'd pray with them and I'd listen to the Word of God. Granted, he was planting seeds in my heart which was awesome, and I'm so glad that I went. But at the same time that I was going there, man, my heart was rotten. My heart was rotten, and I would profess Jesus, and I would pray with them and come to God's throne while having all this wrong and messed up in my heart. I was not serving God. I was in no way serving God. I was flat out serving sin, but I was doing so in the secret place where no one else could find out. Or I was surrounding myself that I knew no one would know or that they wouldn't tell anyone. Or, you know, there's these, there's so many things. And there's this right at the beginning it says, what then um, are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Um, we do a good job as followers of Christ sometimes as with justifying our sin, you know. And we use God's grace to justify our sin, which is the worst part and the saddest part. And, you know, sometimes um, we fall, which is fine, but sometimes we get caught up in this um, train of thought thinking, 
that I can get away with this because God's got me covered. And that is the wrong, the wrong state of mind. That is the wrong state of mind. We need to repent from that, guys. We need to repent from those thoughts, that way of thinking, yeah. thinking that God's grace has given us a free pass to sin. Mm-hmm. No way. Paul's saying, by no means. And he's pointing out very clearly to these Romans in Rome, and he's saying, this is how it is, and I'm putting it this way so you guys can understand. And Because um, at the time, um, you know, it's hard for people, new believers, to really wrap their mind around the concept of serving sin and serving God and, you know, all these different things. So he puts it flat out and clear, kind of like um, I am tonight, that uh, you can't serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. Y'all nod your head. and Can I get an amen to that? Amen. You can't serve two masters. You cannot serve two masters. Um, and then it says, um, so I'm going to read through it again. It says, What then are we to sin because we are not under law but under grace? By no means. Do you not know that if you present yourselves to anyone as obedient slaves, you are slaves to the one whom you obey, either of sin, which leads to death, or of obedience, which leads to righteousness? And then here's the best part, verse 17. But thanks be to God. But thanks be to God. Guys, that should be the cry of our heart every single day. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God for my freedom. Thanks be to God for my freedom. Thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves of righteousness. So within those verses, I want to hit on a few things. Um, What have we been set free from? We've been set free from sin, but being set free from sin has a lot of byproducts. Has a lot of byproducts, guys. Being set free from sin, you're set free from the condemnation of sin. You're set free from the guilt of sin. That it no longer, what you did in the past, what sin you were committed at the time... It no longer applies to you. You're set free. There's no guilt in that. And the only guilt that comes from that is from Satan. And you need to rebuke that out of your life because that does not belong in the life of a follower of Christ. There is no punishment from sin now. There is no punishment by God from sin. Our God is a just God. And there was a debt that needed to be paid. There's a debt that needed to be paid for our sin. And that debt was paid by the blood of Jesus Christ. And we've been set free from the debt that we owed because of our sin. We have been set free. Um, Sin, at one point in our life, and some of you, that was a long time ago. Some of you, that was not too long ago. But there is a point in our life where sin would say, go do this. And we would say yes. We would say yes. We would just go along with it. We We would obey it. We wouldn't even be ashamed of it. We wouldn't even really recognize it. Sin would say go, and we would say yes, but we may, we meet Christ. He sets us free. And now sin says do this, and we say no way. Mm-hmm. We have become dead to sin and alive to God. Um, just a few verses up, um, the word says um, we've died with Christ and been risen up again in a new life. We are borrow Elohim. We are a new creation. We are a new creation. And what was going on with these servants, when a servant would die, when a servant would die, um, that master would have no longer have any legal rights to him. No longer any legal rights or anything. And so when he says, we have died to our sin, we have died with Christ, 
we've been born again, we're no longer in that bondage as a slave would be to that old master. Mm-hmm. We are no longer there. We have died with Christ and been risen again, and we are free to choose God. We are free to choose God as our master. We are free to choose God as our master, and we are free to say no to sin. And something to hit on, um, just from the very beginning um, of creation of man, we were not created for sin. Hallelujah. We were not, crea- <laughs> we were not created for sin. We were created for God's glory. Yeah, right. And sin does not glorify God. Sin glorifies Satan straight up. There's no beating around the bush with that. Sin glorifies Satan, and we weren't made to glorify sin or Satan. We were made to glorify God. So when we choose, or when Jesus found us, and we we answered the call to Jesus, guys, we were set free from that sin, and we were set free so we could choose God and get to our rightful place and do what God created us to do. We were set free to do what God created us to do, and that's to worship Him in spirit and truth, in obedience and righteousness. And to do so into eternal life. It goes on and on. We're back in the rightful state with God. Right relationship. Jesus paid the price and set us free from our sin. Just rejoice in that. Come on. So it says, But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. Man, obedient from the heart. But thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart. Obedient from the heart, you know. I think there's a difference between being obedient from our mind, you know, Mm -hmm. and obedient from your heart. I think there's a difference in those two. Um, One is you choose something, or you choose to be obedient because you feel like you have to. Or feel like you're obligated to. Or you're choosing to be obedient because um, you want to look good. Right? But being obedient from the heart, obeying the word of God from the heart, obeying the teaching that um, um, awesome teachers come through week by week and on Sundays to teach you guys. Be obedient to those things from the heart. To be obedient to the Holy Spirit from your heart. Not because you feel bad when you don't obey the Spirit, but because... You're being obedient from the heart because you have a burning passion and desire to show love to the ones that need to know love. Um, I was listening to the song on the way here. <clears throat> I kind of forgot how it went, but um, it basically said, um, God, you have set us free to help those who are weak. You've set us free to help those who are weak. Guys, there's something called the Great Commission that Jesus has sent us off with. Uh, at the end of his life, and that was to go tell the entire world about him. You know, he set us free from sin. He set us free from all the byproducts of sin. He set us free from guilt, shame, um, stress, worry, anxiety. He set us free from all um, worries about providing for ourselves. He set us free. We have been set free for one purpose, to glorify his name, to glorify his name to all people, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. From everyone around you in the workplace, from everybody within this group right here, all your friends, everyone on the soccer field that we whoop on, you know, <laughs> it, it just goes on and on. <clears throat> we can glorify God everywhere we are. Um, I'm going to keep reading. 
It says, the word says, um, you have become obedient from the heart. My prayer is that we all become obedient from the heart. Obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching which you are committed. And having been set free from sin, have become slaves to righteousness. Being a slave to righteousness, guys, that's freedom. That's freedom, and it's delightful. It's exciting. That is where freedom is. Freedom is in Christ. Freedom is in Christ. Verse 19 says, um, I'm speaking in human terms because of your natural limitations. I hit on that, just kind of how Paul is addressing these Romans in a way they can understand it and kind of comprehend it and kind of fit their heads around it. Um, uh, It says, For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. I'm going to read that one more time. Um, Verse 19, starting. um, I speak in human terms because of your natural limitations. For just as you once presented your members as slaves to impurity and to lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as as slaves to righteousness, leading to sanctification. Basically what that's saying is the way you serve sin back then served the Lord. The way you naturally serve sin and so desirously and so passionately serve that sin back in the past, that is how you should serve God now. Why do we not do that? For all you guys that kind of dove deep head on in sin in one way or another and how caught up you were in that sin, the things that you would do to do that sin, to get to that sin, you know, what would happen if we served the Lord like that? What could happen? What could happen to this room and to, you know, the chairs in this room? Mm -hmm. What could happen to our personal lives, Mm -hmm. our own lives? It starts with us. God cares about us first. What if we served him like that? I'm sure that would open a lot of doors for God and allow many ways for God to work in our lives. Mm -hmm. Man, would it. I remember... um, this just popped in my head, but I remember um, I'd hang out with my buddies in high school, and um, I hope I can say this from up here, but it's a testimony. Um, we used to try and find weed so hard. We'd go for like a couple hours straight just calling everyone we knew that could get us the hookup. <laughs> like that's that's over the top trying to sin. That's like, why would you do that? But wait a minute, we should be like that for God. I should be calling everyone in my phone contacts saying, hey, have you heard about Jesus? Yeah. Hey, I miss you. Let's set up a coffee appointment so I can tell you about Jesus. Good. You know, what are we doing not doing that? What kind of time are we wasting? We get caught up in the desires of this world, you know, the lust of money and, um, and all these other things. All it is is time wasted from the one and only truth. Um, I got caught up in a video game called Destiny, and it took, you know, it got to the point where it took away from things that were important, aka took away from Jesus in my life. I had to lay it down. I'm starting today. (laughs) No, but straight up, I got to do it because that is taken away from me serving Jesus. I got to the point where I was making time in my day to play Destiny more than I made time in my day to spend with the Lord. 
And that's just being honest and real. And that's to a pretty small level. But in all areas of our life, I'm sure we could apply that and keep things in the right perspective. Right. Um, um, man, like, we could so do that. We could rock this town. Mm-hmm. There's so many youth up at Clackamas, you know, that just need to, need people like us to step up, you know. So I once heard that, that we're called to live in such a way that it gives other people permission to live that way too. That's good. I think there's a lot of people around us that are looking for us to step up so they can stand up. You know what I'm saying? That's good. That's good. Straight up, guys. And I see it with the youth constantly. Um, verse 20. And um, and we'll finish with these verses and kind of conclude tonight. It says, um, For when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regard to righteousness. Um, many people who are a slave to sin still, um, they're free in regards to righteousness. And when it says that, it means they don't even really recognize it. They don't even regard righteousness. And uh, I think it takes people like us to not call out their sin and make them, you know, condemned for their unrighteousness. No, um, I think we should be a light into the darkness. As simple as that. Uh, me and Levi were having a conversation just the other day upstairs. And, um, and we were talking about how Paul says, I become weak to save those that are weak. Um, I become this so I can save these people. Um, I adapt to these people so I can be such a light in these people and show all these people that I can still have fun in this scene and everything without the sin. Right. Man, it's powerful. And it's a call for us. It's a call for us. Um, we are the church, man. Um, 21, but what fruit were you getting at the time from the things of which you are now ashamed? Um, for the end of those things is death. I'll read that again. But what fruit were you getting at that time from those things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. I was talking to, sorry, guys, drinking a Coke. Was it very smart before coming up and speaking? <laughs> uh, I was talking to my buddy, at football practice, and um, he's someone I graduated with, and he's a super close friend of mine. But we were talking, and we because I was telling about what we were talking about tonight, and um, and he has kind of a similar testimony as me. Um, but he was he was telling me before I even read this verse, um, verse twenty one. He was saying, "Man, um, I'm even so ashamed of the way I was back then that I don't even want to say it out loud." I don't even want to give it as a testimony because I'm so ashamed of it. And um, you know you're saved when you're ashamed of those things. Right. You know you're saved when you're ashamed of that sin. Um, but that is not a continuous thing. Mm-hmm. That is a one-time thing. Man, I'm ashamed of these th- things. I'm repenting. I'm turning my head the other way. And I was ashamed of those things. That's in the past. There's no more shame in Christ mm-hmm. at all. Um for the end of those things is death. And there's a quote here that I got that's pretty awesome. Um, it says, it says, but the wage of sin, or but the wage sin pays is death. Um, the wage sin pays is death. Death here is the negation or absence of life that is truly life. 
Um, sin robs life of its meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. As this man puts it, sin promises life and gives death. Sin is deceiving, manipulating, and wrong. And the only thing about sin is it's going to separate you from God. Straight up. I'm going to read that one more time. The wage of sin is death. And when they say the wage of sin is death, um, they're speaking to Romans. And that is like uh, he's saying it in such a way that this is how a Roman soldier would get paid um, for his work. Uh, just another way that they can comprehend everything to its fullest. But it says, but the wage of sin is death. Um, death here is the negation or absence of life that is truly life. Sin and death is the absence of what is truly life. Sin robs life of its meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. Anyone who is deep in sin knows that is the truth, that sin robs life of its meaning, purpose, and fulfillment. As this man puts it, sin promises life and gives death. Sin promises life and gives death. Man, sin. Sin sucks. <laughs> um, and then it says... But now, it's kind of that but now moment. You were ashamed, but no longer. But now, but now that you have been set free from sin, set free from the guilt, the condemnation, the penalty, the punishment, the power of sin, you've been set free from sin um, and have become slaves to God. You've chosen God as your master now. Um, the fruit you get leads to sanctification and its end, eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life and Christ Jesus our Lord. We've been set free from sin, become slaves to God. We've received the free gift of eternal life. How much better and how much beautiful and how much more comforting and promising and hopeful does it get to pass from death to life and it's been paid for in full free tonight i want to draw attention to sin and maybe some of you guys have already been set free but you're still being obedient to sin and therefore you are a slave to sin still but it has no power over you so you can just choose christ to be your master and to be a slave to obedience and righteousness Guys, it's the free gift of God. I want to encourage you in those ways, but I also want to encourage you that we have received the free gift of God and to rejoice in that and to spread that to anyone and everyone you come into contact with because if you're not doing that, you're not doing it right. If you're not stepping out of the box and you're not trusting the Holy Spirit, there's this awesome quote that I heard. It says, Holy Spirit is the comforter, right? Am I right? Holy Spirit is called the comforter. Um, how is the comforter supposed to comfort you unless you get uncomfortable? It's good. How is the comforter supposed to comfort you if you're not getting uncomfortable? How is the Holy Spirit supposed to do his job to speak through you? How are you to allow the Spirit to speak through you if you're not even speaking? It's good. It's good. Man, guys, this is a call. Yeah. This is a call. The Word of God on every page is a call. A call to obedience and righteousness and ultimately freedom. An eternal life for free. Freedom for free. How much better does it get? Freedom for free. That's the new title of the message. Um, and that's all I got for you guys. And so, can I get an amen? Amen. 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 All right, guys, let's pray real quick. Dear Lord, 
We love you. We praise you. God, let us be your slaves and to um, step away from being a slave to sin at all times. God, I just declare that sin has no power on, over anyone in this room. God, that you are our master. And God, we want to serve you and we want to love you. And God, um, just give boldness and authority to everyone in this room and fill us with your Holy Spirit yes, all over again, God, to the very brim and overflowing, yes, God. God, that we have no choice but to pour it out onto others. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. God, we love you and uh, pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen.